Welcome to the Lion's Pen, the official podcast of the Heirs Project, Art and Revival Speaks. The information, opinions, and resources expressed on the Lion's Pen podcast and blog or the Heirs Project website are not a substitute for professional treatment. You should always contact your medical or mental health professional for advice and treatment. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911. Welcome back to the Lion's Pen. We're happy to be back after a month's break and ready to bring you more great content at the intersection of recovery and creative expression. Next month, we'll be joined by another special guest, but for this episode, we're talking about art manifestos, what they are, how they've impacted art and history, and why you might want to craft one for yourself. An art manifesto, according to Wikipedia, is a public declaration of the intentions, motives, or views of an artist or an artistic movement. Manifestos are a standard feature of the various movements in the modernist, avant-garde, and are still written today. Since here at the Heirs Project, we like to combine art or creative expression along with recovery and supporting our mental and physical well-being and connection to the world around us, it seems like we would have a manifesto. We're still building ours out. However, we took to social media and real-life conversations to ask artists and creators what components are vital to their own manifestos and we'll be sharing some of them here today. Also, you'll be hearing some manifestos of artists throughout history, and at the end, we'll share some tips for you to write your own manifesto for your art or for your artistic movement. If you choose to do so, we'd love for you to send them to us on Instagram, and we'll feature you, your manifesto, and of course, your art. Some of the manifestos that have been shared throughout time, both very well known and maybe perhaps not as well known, have really lent their voice to different artistic movements or phases or even just really bold pieces of advice or encouragement for artists throughout time. Some of these that you'll hear today start in the 1700s and they go all the way up through modern day. Let's see which ones resonate with you the most and why. The first artist manifesto we'll be touching on, and these are all just excerpts, they're not complete manifestos. The first one is Discourses on Art from Sir Joshua Reynolds, who served as an art instructor from 1769 to 1790. And some of the information he imparted to his students and with his message are, 
I wish you to be persuaded that success in your art depends almost entirely on your own industry. But the industry which I principally recommend is not the industry of the hands, but of the mind. We may go so far as to assert that a painter stands in need of more knowledge than is to be picked off his palette, or collected by looking on his model, whether it be in life or in picture. Wonder what that means to you, to anyone who's reading or listening to this manifesto and trying to dissect it here in more modern day. So we'll move into the 1900s, the founding and manifesto of futurism, which might be a little more familiar for some of us, written by F.T. Marinetti in 1909. We intend to sing the love of danger, the habit of energy and fearlessness, Courage, boldness, and rebellion will be the essential elements in our poetry. Up to now, literature has extolled a contemplative stillness, rapture, and reverie. We intend to glorify aggressive action, arrestive wakefulness, life at the double, the slap, and the punching fist. So this manifesto that was the springboard for futurism talks about action and using art for rebellion, using poetry, not necessarily in so much of a soft and beautiful and rhythmic way, but more packs a punch and creates a little bit of perhaps political unrest in its wake. A little bit from Tristan Zara's Dada Manifesto slightly later in 1918, a work of art is never beautiful by decree, objectively, and for all. Hence, criticism is useless. It exists only subjectively, for each man separately, without the slightest character of universality. Dada was born of a need for independence. Those who are with us preserve their freedom. We recognize no theory. This Dada Manifesto in and of itself says there is no structure. There is no theory. We operate under whatever form of independence, creativity that we want to. We don't have to create art for anyone else's joy or acceptance or validation. We create it for whatever reason we need and we desire. If others enjoy it, great, but that's not the impetus. In 1919, a student of Kandinsky, Walter Gropius, catalyzed the Bauhaus movement. A bit and piece from this manifesto says, architects, sculptors, painters. We almost return to craftsmanship, for there is no such thing as art by profession. There is no essential difference between the artist and the artisan. The artist is an exalted artisan. That's an interesting manifesto to ponder, that there is no difference between art and artisan. And in fact, artisan is a higher or more glorified form of artist. Interested to hear what other people think about that too. 
More modern day would be the Guerrilla Girls from 1985 to 1990. They were a group of anonymous women who wore guerrilla masks and picketed first the Museum of Modern Art in New York when a show opened, boasting contemporary art, but only featuring 13 female artists out of 169 artists featured in that show. The group's work exposes the underrepresentation of women in the art world. Their provocative artwork and slogans packed a punch and served as part of their manifesto. One of these advertisements or propaganda said, do women have to be naked to get into the Metropolitan Museum? Less than 5% of the artists in the modern art sections are women, but 85% of the nudes are female. Food for thought, because that wasn't that long ago, the late 80s, early 90s, where we're still seeing a misrepresentation across genders in fine art. And then the last one we will talk about for um, some of these more famous or well-known manifestos would be the, the artist Shepard Fairey, who is behind the Obey Giant propaganda movement and company, which started simply with one sticker, the Andre the Giant sticker, in 1990. And I'll read you a long portion of Shepard Fairey's manifesto from the Obey Giant website because it's very thought-provoking and might even leave you scratching your head at some points. Manufacturing quality descent since 1989, the Obey sticker campaign can be explained as an experiment in phenomenology. Heidegger describes phenomenology as the process of letting things manifest themselves. Phenomenology attempts to enable people to see clearly something that is right before their eyes but obscured. Things that are so taken for granted that they are muted by abstract observation. The first aim of phenomenology is to reawaken a sense of wonder about one's environment. The Obey sticker attempts to stimulate curiosity and bring people to question both the sticker or the art and their relationship with their surroundings. Because people are not used to seeing advertisements or propaganda for which the product or motive is not obvious, frequent and novel encounters with the sticker provoke thought and possible frustration. Nevertheless, revitalizing the viewer's perception and attention to detail. The sticker has no meaning, but exists only to cause people to react, to contemplate and to search for meaning in the sticker. Because obey has no actual meaning, the various reactions and interpretations of those who view it reflect their personality and the nature of their sensibilities. Many people who are familiar with the sticker find the image itself amusing, recognizing it as nonsensical, and are able to derive straightforward visual pleasure without burdening themselves with an explanation. So that particular excerpt comes directly from the Obey Giant propaganda website, and I'll link that in the show notes in case you want to read it in its entirety. The Shepherd Fairy and Obey Giant story are pretty interesting for anyone who's interested in the creative aspect of things, and especially the why behind certain things are created.
are some of the more well-known ones in history. But what I really am excited to share are some of the ones that have been shared with the AIRS Project through social media and person-to-person conversations. These are some of these tangible, modern-day ways that people are driving their own art or encouraging other people to be creators without abandon. So without further ado, some of these bits and pieces of others' manifestos or vision statements or driving forces are be disciplined, but also be kind to yourself and to your creative vision. Let your art speak for you when you can't, when your voice quivers, when your heart isn't sure, let it stand for you. Rest, listening to music, seeking inspiration in the beauty around me are vital to my art. Embrace what you think are flaws. See them as points of interest. Life isn't perfect. Why should your art be? Understand and accept that not everyone will like or praise what you do. No one needs to validate your art but you. Prioritize living your art over trying to be a great artist. Look at the world with childlike wonder and let that brightness infuse itself into what you make to give back to the world. Appreciate and signal boost the art of others. There are enough seats at the table for us all. Don't make excuses to not create, and don't go broke to prove your worth. Create what you have and be curious about ways to make art that still lets you feed yourself. When I'm feeling friction, butting up against a wall, I'll look for an edge and then I keep going. Every artist hits a block or a slump. Remind yourself a million times if you need to that art is a vehicle for connection and a catalyst for change. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. If you feel like you're trying to perfect something, leave it. Walk away. Let it be hanging with a thread of mystery. Come back to it later or tomorrow, or in a year. Dive back into it and see where it goes. Then step away, hands off, and just let it be. Allow yourself to be driven by passion and purpose. Those are some of the bits and pieces of manifestos or vision statements that were shared with us here at the AIRS Project. Headed back to Wikipedia briefly, some more information and background on the art manifesto before we get into talking about it for ourselves. 
Art manifestos are mostly extreme in their rhetoric and intended for shock value to achieve a revolutionary effect. Historically, they are, but you make the choice whether your manifesto has that bigger message or whether it's just something that guides you through your own process. Art manifestos often address wider issues such as a political system. Typical themes are the need for revolution, freedom of expression, and the implied overtly or otherwise stated superiority of the writers over the status quo. The manifesto gives a means of expressing, publicizing, and recording ideas for the artist or the organization. They often consist of a number of statements, and they can often be recited or presented live. Those are just a little bit of the facts in the history of the manifesto, but you make it whatever you want to for your own process. And we have some tips today for writing a manifesto that come from pencilkings.com. There will be a direct link to the article in the show notes if you want to read more in detail some of these steps. Let these tips be the spark that stokes your curiosity. So once the podcast is over again, I encourage you to head to pencilkings.com and read more of the details on each one of these steps and see if maybe they can help you in writing your own manifesto. Tip number one, see yourself as an organization, not as an individual. Step number two, think about why you make art. Step number three, what is your artistic vision? Step number four, face the negatives with words. And step number five, turn your artistic manifesto into art. This just scrapes the tip of the iceberg when it comes to these suggestions or steps for your own manifesto. So if you check out that article, it'll give you a little bit more background on each one of those and maybe help you flesh out what your manifesto looks like and sounds like, what it stands for, where it comes from, and helping to define you and your art in a new and different way. So that wraps up this episode of The Lion's Pen. Thank you, as always, for listening, for sharing our podcast and our movement with others. And we look forward to seeing you again next episode with a special guest. Take care and talk to you soon. Find out more by visiting our website at theheiressproject.org. That's T-H-E-A-I-R-S-P-R-O-J-E-C-T dot O-R-G. Again, this is Samantha Simons, founder of the Heirs Project. Thank you for joining me today at the Lion's Pen, where we highlight the joy and impact of creative expression that helps shape and support us on our own individual journeys through the peer's lens of lived experience.
the music for this podcast was created by Jared Simons Music, jsimonsmusic.com.